Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Goldmines with Kevin Hart. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Nick Kroll, everybody. Nick Kroll. Thank you, Kevin. Hi, how are you? How you doing, man? I, I'm fine. I'm, I feel honored. I figured like you were like, who who um, physical stature wise is a close match for me? So I like he may be a little taller, but he's probably still got some short guy energy shit. So he's going to come ready to go. He's going to want to deliver. He's not going to want to, you know, rest back like, you know, like and you figured th this is a safe bet. How tall are you, Nick? I am five. I'm uh, this oh, is what Jesus. I'll say is I'm almost five oh. ten. Oh Jesus Christ! Just if you look at Wikipedia, it says five nine, but I want that half. I I want and deserve that half an inch. You know who are I mean? you? Who are you just looking at? I said, how tall are you, Nick? You looked at five different areas of the room that you're in to 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 tell me how tall you actually were. What happened? Because I used to say five ten, and then it got on the internet that I was five nine, and so oh, then no. I felt like you know what I mean. So then now I'm stuck in that. What I want that half an inch went, and so, I don't remember who had that joke. That was like, it was like I used to. I like I'm like if someone says I'm almost five ten, they're they're five nine. What yeah, about well, you? Guess what? I'm five what? fucking four. How's that make you feel? For real? Yeah. How's that make you feel? Talking about your extra inch at five nine to five ten, and I'm over here at five four dealing with it. Yeah, but for every for every like inch there, we're talking like. And another special. We're talking millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Something would have had to happen. So I definitely would. If I had got the five, six, I would have played ping pong professionally. Right. <laughs> My wingspan would have been good enough. I would have, I would have went to ping pong. Straight Nick, um, you know, I think I, I, I'm basically, for our listeners, some may know you, some may not. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a fan. I like you just because you've always been you. Very mm -hmm. funny fucking comic. Very smart guy. Uh, and now you you found success, man. You found multiple different levels of success because you've you've constantly worked, Nick. You've constantly yeah. fucking worked in this mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. um, right now, one of your your I don't want to say your biggest because I don't know in your mind what your biggest, but mm -hmm. one of the things that I know people rave about and they love you on is Big Mouth, mm -hmm. which was on Netflix. Yes. Um, tell our listeners where else where where else might they know the legend of Nick Kroll from? The, where else would they know? Uh, I mean, I, I guess let's see. Uh, I had a sketch show called Kroll Show on Comedy Central Comedy that Central? people liked. Comedy people liked it okay. You know, let's be honest, Kevin. <laughs> let's be honest. Three seasons. I, I ended it myself, but maybe maybe I ended it because I thought because I thought maybe they would cancel it. So I just I put it out. No. Um, well, let's let's not listen. Let's not downplay the the Nick Crow show. All right. Let's yeah, let's not you. let's not downplay it. Here's thank why. You. All right. Seasons. To do do sketch comedy mm -hmm. after so many people have done sketch comedy, mm -hmm. sell a premise on sketch comedy and execute what you sold. Mm -hmm. In this day and time, it's very hard to do, especially in the space of sketch. And you did it. You 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 did it successfully, like you said, for three seasons. That's nothing to be frowned upon. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. And it's uh, no, it was so I did that. Um, I was on the show called The League on on FX, FX, FX show about uh, fantasy football for a number of seasons. Um, and then I've been in a bunch of we well, we did an animated movie. We did uh, uh, Captain Underpants together. Yep. Uh, I was, of course, Professor Poopy Pants. Poopy uh, Pants. <laughs> Professor Poopy Pants. Yes, yeah. I remember you. Um, and then a bunch of other animated movies, stuff like that. I don't know. It's weird. It's now weird. I'm. How am I feeling? I here's what I here's something I respect about you, Kevin. That I wish I had more of. Sort of is you are not afraid to talk about what your accomplishments are and what you're doing well and what you're proud of. Mm -hmm. I have a little more, I have a, I'm a little less comfortable doing that. Why is that? I don't know. What do you Can mean, I be honest that? with you? Can I be yeah. honest with you? Yeah. I think 
I think that like black comics are more comfortable touting their accomplishments than than like a white comic like myself is. Oh, you're going to jail for that. Jesus Christ. I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. You're going down. Oh Let's my do God. This is oh how I want to go out. Oh, this they're going to get you. Oh, you're going to fucking get God for that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> how crazy is that? that that's, that's that's the it. times we're in. When you say so, oh, no, I can't believe you. Uh, just, go. Thank you. Good night. Thank I you. Good night, believe. everybody. This has been it. You know what? Here's Here's what I'll say. I'll say within our culture, mm-hmm. uh, and of course I'm talking about black comedians, whether it's, uh, you know, male, female, whatever. We, we, we tend to, we tend to love any amount of success that we get simply because it's so hard to come by. Right. So when you talk about, you know, the, the idea behind speaking on your accomplishments or the things that you've done, well, because it's crazy that you actually got put in the position to do it mm-hmm. because, it's hard as fuck to do it. So when you look at the comedy club scene and you look at the mainstream comedy club scene versus the urban comedy club scene where well, the urban comedy club scene was created, like we found bars, we found taverns and bowling alleys to fucking convert into comedy nights. And on the mainstream, they had comedy clubs. So as you start crossing over and doing things, it's like, shit, let me celebrate this. I'm, I'm actually fucking doing it. Like mm-hmm. the things that people didn't expect me to do, I'm doing it. So that's where the conversation comes from. And then after that, I think there's a level of confidence attached to it. But I don't think that there's a reason for you not to have that high level of, of that high level of confidence, Nick, when you're, you're in a creative business and you continue to be a part of the create. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're not a, you're not a sit down and I hope it comes to me comic or entertainer. You are a, hey, I have an idea. Hey, oh my God, man, I have a voice. Hey, man, I, oh fuck, I'm good at animation. Oh shit, I can do several voices. Wow, this is something else that I've tapped into. You, you strike me as a person that truly understands the benefit of putting work into the craft. For that, you got to celebrate. Absolutely. Yes. And I, and I think it is, I I agree. I mean, I think like, I definitely have not been a person like I definitely never thought I was always like scared, you know, so much of uh, ambition comes out of like a lack of weirdly out of like insecurity of being like, I'm not going to get cast. Like, I don't like, I'm like, there's like a thousand other fucking Jewish guys who think they're funny out there, Mm -hmm. like who are very capable. I can't wait to go get cast in something like, uh, so it was always like, go out and make the short film or go like do the little, whatever it was leading up to, and then, and creating shows along the way. Um, and then I think, yeah. And, and, and that definitely benefited me. And I think that I wanted to, I think it's, I've always just tried to be like, this is like, you know, I'm doing this thing, but I don't want to just be like, I fucking accomplished this. I got this. We're on season five for the show. Dot, 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 dot. And I, and I sort of, sometimes I, I envy it because I, it is, because it is, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. In fact, the opposite of like, I've accomplished this, this, and this, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to do more and I am ambitious. Like, you know, like, um, and, and it is keeping on finding that niche of like, what is, what's the new thing that I want to do? Or what's the, like when, cause when, when Kroll show finished, we did three seasons and I was like, haven't you felt like like I, at that point I was doing the league and I was doing Kroll show and I was physically and creatively exhausted at that point. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, I needed to shut it down. Like I ended Kroll show. I pulled back on the last season of the league and settled, settled down and was like, what do I want to do? And then my friend, Andrew Goldberg, who I grew up with, um, known since I was in first grade came to me with the idea of this animated show with, with this, our partners, Mark and Jen. And it was like an animated show about kids going through puberty. And I was like, yep, that's it. And I, mm-hmm. I felt like I finally had the space again to creatively to, to, to do that and, and execute. And- and execute. And then, mm-hmm. and then Mulaney and I started working on, Oh, hello, these characters that we've been doing for years. But then we decided to make a stage show of it that we did off Broadway. Then we toured and then we brought to Broadway. And that was also, I think because we, I had freed up that space and that's a, and I'm, but I, again, I go back to you being like, don't have you hit those points where you're just ex- like, cause you do so much constantly. Are you aren't you just do you feel drained at any point like what do you- there's a there's a different there's a different thing like you just said something that 
that stands out. And you was like, you know what? I felt like I had to shut it down. You know, for me, just, it was just too much, you know, and I don't know. I just, I wanted to shut it down. Mm-hmm. There is a level of, of fear with being uncomfortable for me, mm-hmm. right? My, my hard work, my energy, my drive is put into my business to find a place of comfort for me and my family overall, right? And the place of comfort for me is success. And that success just continues to grow. It's, it's a new level of success every day. Mm-hmm. And personally, that's my, that's my drive. That's my, that's my energy to wake up in the morning outside of my wife and my kids. That's what I'm putting something into. So I find a value and having a purpose in life, in mm-hmm. something that I love to do. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten comfortable enough to go, well, it's too much for me. I need to just relax for a second and shut it down because I find so much joy in the, I gotta go, I gotta do, oh man, I got this thing. Now, as you get older, I'm fucking 40, 41 now. How do you, Nick? I'm 42. 42, whoa, yeah. eat shit, you're old. Yeah. Jeez. I'm older than you, bro. I'm taller than you and I'm older than you, bro. That's enough. Let's just stop there. God damn it. Just took a turn, a real bad turn for the worse. And we just (laughs) brought it back. I got him back. Nick is back. Um, The one thing that I now do think about, Nick, is the end game. And, And the end game for me is a real, a real timeline of when I'm going to tap out and say I'm done for good. Because because I'm I've reached the ultimate level of comfort and success for me and my drive and my mental. If I didn't have the drive within something, then I think I may, I probably would have experienced the feeling that you're talking about, but I've never yet experienced the feeling where I didn't have the drive. Does but that there's make sense? no there's no halfway for you. There's no like um like either you're all in or you're out. Yeah. Like there's no like pull back a little bit. Yeah, I've never, I've never been doing something, and then I say, you know what, man, let me go ahead and take the foot off the gas a little bit. Let this ship, let this ship sink a little bit. I'll pull it back up at the end. But right now, man, I'm, I've been, I'm fucking tired. My mind hurts a little bit. I've never done it, and and I've also, I've never purposely taken projects that were bad. I mean, I know there's people that can probably say, well, Kev, you got some bad shit floating out there, but I never purposely took a thing that I thought was bad. Everything I took on, I thought was good. Have you ever taken something, Nick, that you thought was fucking bad? No, I, no. And I think, look, like, uh, not really. Um, and I have the, I have the, the distinct advantage of having grown up like white and privileged. So mm-hmm. like, it's a, it's a different, it's a slightly different game in that like, I've had this advantage throughout that like I've only had to take on things that I wanted to do that I was passionate about. It was a a gift in a number of ways that my parents gave me. And so I, I have not had to do that, which has allowed me to, to choose specifically about what I'm passionate about and only do the things that I'm now, it turns out that I am incredibly excited and passionate about the things I do. So I jump in and I have like a a very big appetite for it. I want to do a lot of shit, but I don't, but it has meant like, you know, like early, I mean, look, when I moved to New York, like I was doing commercials, like in radio voiceover shit and was, you know, like nonsense stuff that I was taking. And it was nonsense stuff that wasn't always good, but it was like, I saw what it was leading to or needed tape. Like, you know, I was like trying to get tape when I first moved to New York, my, these guys I went to college with were doing one of those like 24 hour film festivals. Like, you know, mm-hmm. where there's like, here's a premise. You got 24 hours to make a film. And I made a, I was in a film as an actor with, uh, and it was like, we were like, we were both like the, the film was like a weird home invasion where we were both like sexually assaulted in this like 24 hour film. And I was, it was my friend. <laughs> my house, like, and like my friend, like well, he went so dark. Like, yeah. He went so, so dark, dark out the gate. It was not man. a comedy at all. It was like my friend was the actor who was home invading me, like basically sexually assaults me in this video. <laughs> <laughs> and I spent like, I then spend like months trying to get my hands on that tape a dv tape so i can try to put it on my reel you know what i mean like so there was stuff like that i was like this may not be my best look but i'm just trying to put something to get you know what i mean i'm trying to put something together 
Here's a question, right? So you say, you say, yeah, you know what? I grew up, I was, you know, I had the benefit of being, you know, white and privileged. My question to you is, did you always know that? Did you always know that and understand that? Or has that recently kind of been highlighted because of the yeah. temperature of today's times? Like, is that something that you were aware of? I was, I was unaware? always aware of my privilege. Mm -hmm. Like as like a growing up, growing up, like with money, like in my family, I knew that I knew, I always knew that. How big was the family? I, what's that? How big was the family? Uh, I'm the youngest of four kids. Oh, wow. Uh, and parents, parents fucking. Yeah. Parents were fucking. Fucking bro. Fucking. Fucking. Wow. And still fucking and sending me tapes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just good for uh, them. Yeah, yeah. No. Good for them, man. They but they were it was a it was a very like loving, supportive household. Um, all the kids fucked each other. You know what I mean? It was go. one yeah. of those, it was a, yeah, it was one a, of those, one of those happy houses. I got you. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I knew that we were I knew I was privileged. I think the whiteness has been something um that i was largely in the broad like we we're all we all knew on some i was like oh yeah well we're white so it's better but like it definitely the last more than just the blm and 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 this in this summer with the george floyd murder beyond that it's the really being in this in our big mouth room for the last five or six seasons and f really trying to put together a truly diverse writing staff mm. and with different mm. points of view, both racially, sexually, gender. Yeah, because you that. guys, you guys go there. You guys touch on it. You touch on it all on that show. Yeah, we we try to go. We try to go deep on it. And and I think the last few years, it's become clear from, you know, like we cast, you know, we cast a white actress to play a a, a biracial girl. At the time, we were like, well, it's fine because she's half Jewish and Jenny's Jewish and Maya plays my mom and Maya is mixed and she's playing a white, you know, we were, we thought we were playing with all of the stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and then as the seasons went on and we started to dig in on this character, Missy, who is biracial. And at first she was just a dorky girl who happened to be mixed or happened to be black. And I think as we dug in more on the character, the more that we started to talk and realize like, oh, your racial, even if you don't, even if you think of yourself as a dork, your racial identity plays like a huge role in, especially comes in talking to our friends and writers about what it's like and when you hit puberty, like what your identity, what your, your racial identity begins to take form and who you are in a way that maybe it didn't when you were younger. Mm. And we started to want to tell more stories about Missy's racial identity. And that became much more difficult with a white actress at the, at the center of it. Jenny was the one who took, decided after right at, like really in the, in the throat, it's something that she had been uncomfortable with for a little while. And then the throes of, of, BLM that we she was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And we we were like, yeah, we get it. We talked to our black writers and some of our our, our black talent on the show. And they were like, she's Jenny's been great. Missy's a great character. It's but it's time for her to step back. We support that. And wow. And then we so we did it, you know, and it's like, OK, great. Let's do it. You know, like, yeah. let's just do it. Like, what's but it's, the it's it's dope that you guys were were basically it's dope that you guys were not just supportive, but I can say like the, the wheels are starting to turn of just understanding. I think when you said what you just said now, the first thing that I said, I said, that's, that's dope to hear, you know, to hear you say, yeah, you know, I'm a product of, and you know, that gave me the opportunity to do. And now because of that, I'm able to, you know, I'm able to pick and choose and be a little more selective. And, you know, granted, I work hard, but I am aware. Whereas some, of course, aren't or haven't been. And I think within a climate, within a culture, uh, and just the the power of so many opinions, I, I think it's 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 great to hear people understand, um, understand what's going on, understand yeah. the temperature of today. That was dope. I like yeah. that. Thanks. So, so we're all done now. I got my uh, compliment. No, we're not. We're, we're not done. We're not done. Okay. But what we will do, we will take a commercial break because here's the thing, Nick. This, this, this show is real. I do commercials and everything, right? And I know you're thinking to yourself, "God damn, man, Kev is really laying it down during this interview." Well, I just want to let you know that's what the fuck I do, man. Mm -hmm. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You said family of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you at? You the oldest, youngest? What? I'm the youngest of four. Uh, what about you? Where are you at? Uh, it's me and my brother. I have an older brother, eight years older. And my dad has two other kids. Mm-hmm. Now, people always tell me, like, those are your brothers and sisters. But I just refer to them as my dad's other two kids. I don't <laughs> Did you guys grow up with each other at all or no? No, no. No. It was separate households. Uh, You know, we didn't spend a a lot of time together. Um, And I'm sure sure that was easy for you and there are no scars or any residual feelings about any of that at all? Yeah, no, Nick. We don't. I don't really give a shit about that stuff. We're black. We deal with this all the time. Okay, all right. That's a that's a white people thing. You guys get emotionally triggered by trauma stuff like this. Yeah, trauma like, is specifically. I white can't people. believe I had a brother the same age as me and I never knew about it. I, <laughs> I shrugged my shoulders. I like your white. By the way, your white guy voice is great. It's a new. T- it's a different take on it. It's just yeah. more. Of, it's not a. It's not a that. It's a. It's just a pitch up. It's like come on. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. That's a good white guy voice. <laughs> always innovating. Always innovating with Kevin Hart. What does what does Nick want to do now? Right. Boy, what is your what is your want in this business now? Well, um, I just started a production company. Um, Congratulations, I've been, man. I've, yeah, I've been. Well, we've been so uh, big mouth. We my team, the guy, Andrew and Mark and Jen, who we created that show with, uh, have an animation company called Brutus Pink. We're doing an, a spinoff at Big Ma- uh, at Netflix now of of Big Mouth called Human Resources, which takes place in the world of the monsters, like the hormone monsters and shame wizards and depression kitties, and it's it's like a workplace comedy. Where of- do- ideas come from like are you are you guys are you are you weed smokers are you are you coffee drinkers are you do you do cocaine what is the thing that you guys are doing that what i do kevin in the morning is i do i do hot water with lemon there you go and then i and then i dust a blunt with cocaine there it is uh (laughs) and then i just and then i just sit down pen and paper and i just start to here it comes yeah i just write manifestos here comes Uh, the rush i I write threatening letters to cnn and then uh and then i take a seven hour nap uh and then i wake up and And repeat yeah it's the same Uh, thing um what do i i um it depends it depends over time like i definitely like uh my writer's room on big mouth uh you know we were in a room together now we're all in on these zoom things um i i i i smoke some pot sometimes to kind of come out a little bit you know Mm -hmm. like look thirty thousand feet um and then but the ideas hopefully happen organically out of things um but definitely will pop out uh, along the way and 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 try to get a new perspective on things and um and this show happened very organically out of big mouth and then and then i started a production company myself live action called good at business Mm -hmm. and um and i'm just working on on helping other people tell their stories i mean i've I've watched you've been doing it for for a number of years and um you know i i like the idea of trying to one help other literally help other people get their get get something off the ground using the experience i've had making shows and, and films and stuff like that and um and also just giving myself similarly to what you're saying of like a little bit of like oh i might not always be an actor i might not always be a comic mm. like what can i do to like keep a business going that maybe allows me to stay home i just got married and and you know like congratulations thank you thank you that's the um, biggest thing that i feel that comics 
this is a a major step that sometimes gets ignored, you know, um, yeah. especially from you know the the number of comics that experience high levels of success, right? You have some that tap into the world of business or the world of uh, opportunity outside of the the joke, the stage, or the work for hire. Mm -hmm. um, and you have some that just that just don't. But you know what you just said, I think is extremely important that I really want my listeners to to hear. And that's, you know, when it's all said and done, if you do choose to not do anymore, well, you still would love a revolving door of some kind of income of 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 some kind of brand that that exists of something that you know you not only worked hard to build but that still stands it still stands with or without you and that's extremely important you know it's it's dope as hell to create but the best part about for me nick mm -hmm. with having the production companies and and you know the different entities you're providing jobs you're providing jobs. You're you're giving people uh, an opportunity to feed their households, their families, uh, their friends. You're also opening up, you know, whatever doors for the new waves of talent. Like you just said, you're 42. I'm 41. We're getting old. This time is flying. I can't tell you where the fuck it went. I remember being 25, but it, I, I I don't remember. I remember. But I don't remember. It's fucking weird. It is weird. Those the twenties are a, the my twenties are a real blur for me. Not because I was like 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 partying so hard or like that I was like having the time of my life. I just don't really remember it very well. Like I think it was just <laughs> trying to hustle to get something going, and then I did feel like my twenties were like trying to set the table. The thirties was like starting to eat. You know what I mean? And hopefully the forties are like you know the main course and dessert, and then. 50s on is just like farting up a couch somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You really don't know, but I like I like the thinking space that you're in. I, I really do. Um, we're with family right now. You said you just got married. So um, married, uh, married in November um, and uh, having a baby, having a baby soon. Oh, wow. Holy yeah. shit. First oh, child. You did it right away. Yep. It was, uh, the conversation was like, we knew we were, we knew we were going to get married. We knew we were doing it all. And then it really became like, uh, you know, the, the timeline with the pandemic and everything going on, it was like, are we going to wait to go get married and then wait another year? And then mm. da, 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 da. we just sort of felt like we know we want to do this. The world is crazy. This feels like the right time for us. And honestly, like having a kid in the middle of all, I mean, it's been crazy in the middle of a pandemic to be to I had a pandemic baby you did how was yeah. that experience I had a pandemic baby yeah little p that's what i call it <laughs> little little pandemic baby um, no you know what man it was it was crazy because of the the hospital situation of course because of covid so yeah. you know her mother wasn't able to come and be at the hospital my kids weren't able to come it was just me and her um, you know, that that's, it's fine. Cause we're both there, but there is a certain energy that you're accustomed to and that you wanted around that we weren't able to have, but you know, we got a healthy baby girl and that's what Congrats. it's about, you know, a beautiful little baby girl, but she definitely is a little pandemic baby. As we yeah. call it. So, well, I think there's going to be a whole generation of, I mean, I've, it sounds, I'm assuming you guys started, figured started that process before the pandemic like we are square in the middle of it and i think there's going to be a whole generation of these little pbs these little yeah. pandemic babies yeah. coming out um wow that, isn't that crazy yeah isn't that crazy like a bunch of babies that are going to be able to say wow you were born 2020 me too wait pandemic baby you're pan that's what they're going to say yeah. And it's going to be, be like it's gonna, pandemic it's the babies. new boomers. It's going to be the new baby boomers. It's going to be like the, the COVID boomers or something <laughs> that's like that's a, a crew of pandemic babies. That is extremely. Funny. Yeah. Who carry a super strain of the virus that they can shoot out at any point that at they any want. Point. <laughs> at any point. They're, they so have it's, the strongest so, immune system ever. These but no, but it, it's this it is this interesting thing, I, th I think, also for. Uh, and again, you I think you've you've been navigating it for a while with your kids is like, how do you how do you build a family? How do you have a family and keep growing your business and growing what you do? And like, how do you go on the road to go shoot a movie? How do you go do stand up? How do you go do all these things? Like, mm -hmm. and also balance what your responsibilities are. It's very um, simple, Nick. You got to say, fuck these kids. It's very <laughs> simple. 
Okay. It's very simple. You got to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes that decision is, you know what? Fuck these kids. And, and where are you recording right now? And where is your son? Yeah. Well, right now, uh, I'm not able to say that when I'm home. Uh, my kids have booted me out of all of my spaces that I have in my house. So my little office, my son, he said, Dad, I need to just go to your office because if I stay in my room, I may be tempted to play my video game. He hit me with a forward reverse back move. He showed mm -hmm. me authority uh, and responsibility, so I had no choice. So right now, I'm in my little bar area. And, uh, you know, I'm doing my show from here. Whatever, Nick. Listen, it's not about me. Okay? It's not about me. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Nick, I've, I've been gone for long periods of times, and I've had to deal with the feeling of not being there. Mm -hmm. That's something that you got to prepare yourself for. Yeah. Feeling of not being there if your job puts you in a position where you have to be gone. And sometimes doing the movies you know, doing the movies or TV, especially in today's times, because of tax breaks and everything, you mm -hmm. have to be on. And and that's a that's that's a thing that you gotta you gotta grow some thick skin for. You have yeah. to have to that's, some, that's something that I gotta that I have to figure out because I I because I don't uh because I, I I've never I've never been faced with that like until uh you know I got married you know, I was in, in and out of relationships, but I was not, you, I've been very much able to just sort of make any decision I wanted to make about my career mm -hmm. without having to kind of navigate anything, but what served me best, you know? So now having a wife and, Oof. uh, you know, you got, that married, on the you got that married voice, man. Well, you can't do that. That's what you got now. <laughs> well, well, honey, you didn't talk to me about that. Oh, where do you get that? Where do you get your first one of those? That that that's that comes after marriage. Well, when we we didn't discuss that. Mm -hmm. You used to go, yeah, but I thought it was just you know. No, honey, but how nice the house is. Yeah, yeah, that don't matter. <laughs> mm -mm. You gotta sit down, have your meetings, have your discussions. Yeah, that is. The, I think that'll be the that, and we're pretty we're pretty good at. It. And she's, I mean, but it's you know, for me, the part of what is so amazing about her is that she is she is very sure of like what she wants and needs in a good way. Like, and, and that's attractive to me. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I didn't want someone who was going to kind of, you know, roll over for mm -hmm. whatever I needed. It's like, I want, I want my, I want someone who is, and she's, you know, super talented and, and creative and, and does really amazing work in her own right. So, you know, like, you know, I'm, 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 but it will be a challenge, I think, trying to figure out how do you, how do I, how do I continue to do the work I want to do, and also take into consideration the other people now that are dependent on me, and and I'm dependent on, you know. Yeah, I got to be honest with you, Nick. You seem nervous. You definitely seem nervous <laughs> about this. You know, I don't, I don't know if you've had any discussions yet, but there were some moments where I saw real fear in your eyes. So I can only wish you the best here, man. No, I'm, I'm. Well, I'm nervous because it's been a long time since. Um, I had something completely new in my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like having a child, like uh, being married, all that stuff feels completely natural. Not, and I'm not, I have no uh, questions about, and I don't have any questions about having a child, but I'm, but I have, it's just, I've, it's been a long time since like, it's a thing that I've never done before. Gotcha. You know I mean? gotcha. Like where you're like, you've got, you've got like what, three, four kids, you've, your oldest four, four, four kids, kids are like, and they're, your oldest kid's like a teenager, tween, like I have a I have a 15 year old, I have a 13 year old, I have a three year old, and I have a three month old. Wow. That's my rundown. And that's that's as crazy as it gets. But but I will say it is it's the dopest thing ever. It's the dopest fucking thing ever. Can like, I nothing beats it. Can I get? I've seen your I've seen your baby's clothing. Can I get some of those hand me downs? Can I get some of those hard baby downs? Hey man, baby, you, whatever you need, whatever you need, you can have, and I mean that, man. I got we got tons of shit, tons, tons, tons of shit. When your time comes, please hit me so I can give you some of this baby. And I'm not even talking about hand me downs. I'm talking about new shit, just new that. shit. I can definitely send you some stuff. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a very nice. A very nice baby gift from me. I, that's very all nice. I wanted. That's the only reason I'm here is to get that. I want like a, I want like an exercise ba baby exercise outfit. You know what I mean? Like a, <laughs> 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 one of 
When do you get the kid in the gym? How quick? The three is the three year old in the gym yet? <laughs> the kids come out on creatine. They just come out. <laughs> My kids come out on creatine. They come out uh, with amazing. They drink green juices out the gate. That's what happens with them. Baby um, growth hormone. You, are yeah. they are they on that B, BG BG? The whole nine. I put them on the whole nine. Honestly, you know what's crazy? My kids, well, my son, my my oldest son, mm-hmm. he's active. He likes to work out. My oldest daughter, she'll do it, but she she hates it. Yeah. Uh, but she'll do it because she likes to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. But my 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 13-year-old son, he loves it. So your kids really are a product of the environment. What they see, what they're constantly around, uh, they cater to. You know, mm-hmm. how big of how big of a family do you want to have? Uh, I don't know. A couple kids, I think. We'll see. You know, like, uh, I don't know. I th- Yeah, I think a couple kids would be ideal. Um, I came from four. All three of my siblings have four kids. I have 12 nieces and nephews, so there's a lot of kids around. So I feel like they've taken care of the lion's share of uh, delivering a big family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I think two is a nice number. I don't know. You had two, two is a for great a great number. Yeah, you had two for a while. Yeah. Two is a great number. Yeah. Shoot for one of each. That's the goal. Yeah. You know, we'll see if I need to go in there and genetically modify them. You know what I mean? How? I, you know, that's a that's really a thing now. It's it a thing really people, is. People do, man. Times are times are times have. I mean, I I just can't even put words to it. Like the things that people do. You know, even my my wife was having a discussion with her girlfriends, and the conversation was based around. One of her friends wanting a baby, but wanting a specific sign of a baby, you know, uh, like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't want no Aquarius and there can't be no. So I'm only going to we got to have sex during this time, of this time, because I can't have a Scorpio, but I don't mind the Pisces. I mean, a real conversation mm-hmm. based off of what the sign of the baby would be. I couldn't believe the shit that I was hearing. Oh, it's coming. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe the shit that I was hearing. And that the glass against the wall and walk. And out. that's, but that's like, that's like the minimal of it all. Like people, like people are doing some, I mean, p- people are fully genetically modifying their babies now too. Like you can be like, I don't want, and, and some of it's for good. Some of it's like someone has like a very serious genetic disorder that they don't want to pass on. They can, they can now splice some of that stuff out. You know what I mean? Like, um, like uh, epilepsy or something like that, mm-hmm. but they can also, but people are also now, I think choosing, you know, boys or girls and stuff like that. And, you know, I want to, f- I'm going to try to have like a five, four comedic rock star baby. That's so I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can genetically do that. You know, the crazy thing, it's like, if you, if I were to, if I were to really discuss like the craziest thing for me is like when your kids start talking about doing what you do, mm. Mm. That's the that's the craziest thing, you know. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, comedian, you know, react. We're comedians, you know. It's not like yeah. there's yeah. a sport attached to it, or you know, uh, doctors, teachers, police officers, firemen. Like, there's so many different uh, there's so many different things out there mm-hmm. that that people do and that they can choose from. The best thing in the world for me, the best thing in the world for me is you know my daughter is a she's a lover of comedy she's really a lover, lover nick she's a lover of comedy my daughter loves comedy wants to be a comedic actress wants to dabble with stand-up and that's like the biggest woe to me is when your kids truly want to follow in your footsteps does that excite you or does that how does that how does that make you feel uh, it's mind-blowing it's yeah. mind-blowing like yeah. what you, i mean because you you don't prepare for that you don't no. prepare for that. You know, I'm trying to give you all the tools that you need to do whatever it is you want to do in life. And when you start to voice to me, that is do what you do. I'm going to do that, dad. Well, that's goddamn instant tears. Yeah. That's instant fucking eye watering right there. Yeah, for sure. Got to get yourself together. Go outside, sit in the car for two hours. <laughs> That's my that's my safe place. To Look at your phone, fall asleep. Yeah, just, <laughs> just go. Do you ever find yourself? Do you ever do that? You come home, like I pull up in the driveway, and then sit in your car for like twenty minutes on your phone. Like, what to- are you talking about? I have four kids. What? Is, I don't understand the question that you're asking me. It takes me twenty minutes to get out the car, regardless. It doesn't matter. I I gotta put it. I gotta put it. I'm so scared. I gotta put in a car seat today. I'm so scared, Kevin. 
Which you know what? Get there's so many different car seats right now. You got to get the kind that snap in. Yeah, that's what I. That's what we got. You got to get they, they they make it so easy. I call them they're I don't even want to call them idiot proof mm-hmm. because it's it's a step past idiot proof. It's a step past that that they provide where you just take it out the box and you go, oh, okay, I just click this. Okay, oh, man, good. I did it. It's one That's of those. It. <laughs> yeah, but then after that, it's so easy that you're like, there's no way the baby can be safe in this. <laughs> it's like there's there's no way that the baby's yeah, secure. You keep asking people to test it because you don't believe it. You're like, the, there's no, the baby is flying out the window yeah, in this just guy. Just pull a seat and tell me if you think that's in right. It's that easy that you keep you keep rechecking it. That's where it is. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Within your world of, uh, you know, comedic friends, are you one of the uh, last men to go and jump into the to the married train or, um, or the first in your in your crew? No, you know, I straddle a couple different. I mean, I kind of I, I got I'm, I got my I, I'm a little bit in a few different circles because I come out of stand up, but I also come out of like sketch improv world, UCB and mm-hmm. stuff. So like I, I have friends in all of these different crews of folks and I have friends who are like I have a bunch of friends who are older comedian, older, a lot of improviser sketch people who got married later and have had their kids now in their like 40s. And I'm a little younger than them. So they're all they've all just gotten. But most of those guys are now married and have kids. And 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 then, yeah. And then I've got some I've got a couple younger friends who are like married, but don't have kids yet. I'm somewhere in the middle. But most of the people in my life at this point have gotten married and have kids. And and did that play a part? in you wanting to step into that place. Like, I know you said, yeah, we've been together for two years. We both knew it was what we wanted. It was time. I mean, you know, did you guys put yourselves in that surrounding as a couple with other married individuals? You know, not really. It was like, I I, I've, I think I've been pretty pretty good about making sure that I whatever whatever why ever I was doing something was for 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 the reasons internal of not being like oh no I'm falling behind I always felt like I assumed I would have children uh, but it was never like oh my god I cannot wait to have children but I I felt like if I met the right person that I would want to make you know have children with that person I did and it felt like uh, you know, like I'm look, I'm 42. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not getting any younger here. Like, and like, you know, it's like the, the these little, those little spermies aren't getting any smarter. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like I'm curious. I'm shocked that you, that you lasted. That's the thing. Like as a, as a comic, yeah. you know, you to, to make it to 40 plus with no kids, that's a, that's an amazing thing. Pull out game is strong, Kevin. Hey, listen, that's an amazing thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. 40, 40 plus, no kids. Yeah. And then got married and you did it the right way, Mr. Kroll. Thank you. Well, I found I found the right I found the right woman, you know, like it and it and I think I was similarly like what we were saying about the comedy, like I had the privilege of of waiting to be like, you know, who's the right person to do this with? And I don't want to do it until it's right. You know, I want to get married till it's right. I don't want to have kids till it's right. And because of the situation that I somewhat put myself in somewhat the situation I found myself in, I was, I was able to do that, you know, like, and, and again, we all know it's like some of it's luck of the draw, you know? Um, and I, and I feel like I have been able to, you know, find someone who yeah i just i don't know i i but i think most of my friends had had started like it became it's become less and less cool to be like once you hit 40 and i we'd started dating by the time i was 40 but like once you have 40 like it's not cool being at a bar you know what i mean it's so like see it you start to see it you know and it, and especially when you're then as soon as you're kind of well known and you're famous it's like it's kind of cool because you're like hey i'm kind of well known and like now like women might be interested in me mm-hmm. without me having to do anything mm-hmm. but then you're like 
but then it's also like, oh, but they also know they can go on Wikipedia and see that I'm 40. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm just sitting here at the bar again. Yeah, I'm just sitting at a bar. Like, last like, question you wanted the bars. Weren't you here last week? Oh, yeah. yeah or like, that. or and being in LA at a bar and being like, oh my God, like I'm so and so's assistant. You know oh, what I mean? And you're oh, like, oh boy. Oh my God. Your you kid. Know what I mean? Your kid goes to my school. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, what? and I'm like, uh, this is no longer cool. This is not. This is not the vibe. Like, and it just got less and less cool. And then, and then I met the right person, you know. But like, but I think it was life is all about timing. It's like, how do you, you know, like how do you find the right person, and that happens to be at the right time in your life when you're both in a position where you're like, yeah, let's do this, you know. Mm. Um, and I think with my career as well, like doing, like I spent the last number of years really doing like big mouth and animation i was on a tour last year um she actually inspired me to go back out because I'd, I'd done stand-up for years but i was largely doing it as like more of a hobby around town and fucking around and then a couple years ago we were away uh, this was like christmas like two years ago and she was kind of like why don't you why haven't you done a special and i was like well you know it's like i like to do it locally i got other stuff i got movies or tv or my show and like and she was like, okay. And it sort of planted the seed in my head of like, I, maybe I should. And like, I set up a tour and I did a tour in, in 19 and middle-aged boy tour. And then like, and then I was going to go shoot the <laughs> special. A great name. <laughs> and then I was going to go shoot the special, like do like 20 more spots, 20 more sets and, you know, like sh theater shows and then shoot the special in like June. And the world obviously yeah. fell apart. Like, I mean, I still don't know how you shot it. I don't still don't know how you did it. Like, I don't Dude, know how I, I found a way to work on a set. I spent about, I spent about a little over a month and some change working on a set. And I said, I'm, I'm going to do it. Like, once again, it was one of those things where I gave myself a challenge and stepped up to a challenge and putting that set together, coming up with the material, getting it to flow. Like that was a lot, man. It was a lot without without comedy clubs, without theaters, without nothing. Like that was a lot. It was yeah. a lot to put that shit together. So I, the thing was, is me doing it and being able to do it to where it comes off poised and still polished. You know yeah. what I mean? And and with a point of view. So I would I would challenge you to not let that material go at at any point and still you know consider figuring out a way to craft that into a special. You can't just Lay it to rest at all. Can I can I rent out your house and and shoot it there? You've already figured it out. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Uh, that's the, yeah, you can't do that. But I'll you know if you just you kind of just figured it out on your own. But I was it was just me just telling right. You, I figured it out on my own, which is me figuring out on my own is me asking you if, can I shoot that special in your house, uh, maskless, everybody indoors. Okay, uh, let's just put a pin in it. We'll just put a pin in it. No, come back to it. <laughs> revisit it and then you know figure no but out. i would i would like to go i would like i mean i loved i loved going back out on the road and touring and like you know what it's like that feeling of like you know polishing it's like it's different than shooting a movie or a show where you're like you you write it you shoot on the day you hope you got it you cut it together hopefully in the edit it comes together the idea of like every night same set working on it polishing editing cutting moving the moving the set around like all that stuff it had been a long time since i was like let's go put this hour together and i felt good about it and i felt like i was almost there and then i was going to do a bunch of shows just polish it up and then shoot it and then obviously the world changed and i think i will go back to go out and do the special but now so much of this so much of the special was a very personal look at my it's called middle-aged mm. boy it was about me being like 40 and still mm. like not having settled down and all my family has settled down and my friends have what am how am i existing inside of that and then now all of this other stuff has happened getting married having a kid and like being like oh i feel like that should now be integrated into this to make she'll it a you. complete story you know yeah, she'll kill you that's not your life what <laughs> what are you talking about up there that's not who you are anymore i know but remember before when i had this stuff remember? i just wanted to use this stuff remember <laughs> No, 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 yeah, okay. no, I don't know. Okay. I'll All just right. figure it out. That's tough though. It's tough. I think one of the hardest things as a comic is to just let material die. Yeah. That's tough. Especially if you got something that you're like, this is where what the weirdest thing is about killing your babies is stuff that you're like, but this is funny. But someone, someone in your life is like, yeah, but it doesn't work in the set. 
Mm. Like, but it's getting the biggest laugh in the set. And they're like, doesn't matter. It fucks up the flow or whatever. You're like, it's hard because it's so rare that you land on like a fucking a nugget. You know what I mean? Like we all have those jokes that are like, this is a good joke. This works every time. But then you just have those jokes you and they sometimes come out fully formed. Sometimes they take a little work, but you can just feel an audience like light up in a different way. And it's tough to cut those off. You know, I, I think I think it's it's one of those things where at this point in my career, when it comes to material, when it comes to the time that goes in to conjuring up material, putting some together and thinking about it, it's just like, I, I, I can't just do that and not have a end game for yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and when I do get to that point where I don't want the end game for it, well, then I'm just going to say, maybe it's time to just, maybe it's time to just sit down and, and give it up. If I don't want to punctuate it and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to go up and fuck around and fuck around. Well, eventually you fuck around and you put this fire together. Yeah. That, that becomes an amazing set. So you want to do that for how long before you put it to rest? Like every set has to die. It does it has to be put down. That's what, and I don't think people realize that about comics that it's like you do this material until in the case of like you or, or myself of like you put a special out and then you're like, and now that is dead. Now that is laid to rest. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. It's like, it's like, it's like people almost act as if stand up comedy is, is a song. Yeah. Right. Like we're, we're the artists that can't go on the road and give you that one hit that you loved again. Have you, you ever done do it? it? Do you ever do encores? Do you ever do old material? No, no. Would you know the ending of it? What am I doing? I do. I do some of your material on the road. Some of your classes. Wait a second. The, no, and it works Nick, great. The fight Nick, in the bar, that Nick, fight in the is, bar. Nick, this is which this is inappropriate. I credit you. I credit <laughs> you on it. But Nick, that well, how long are you doing? How much like, of my stuff? It's like thirty minutes, but it's Whoa, like the set Nick, is, that's a set. Wait a minute. Yeah, but the, it's not the hour. It's a set, but it's not the hour. Because then it's, it's and then it's and then it's thirty minutes of my stuff. That's my stuff that I've yeah, written. Yeah. And yeah. then I close with fifteen minutes of Rodney Dangerfield. And wait then, a minute. No, wait. By the way, very funny. By the way, very funny. By the way, Rodney Dangerfield is Nick Kroll as Rodney Dangerfield. That's my closer. Is very funny. No respect. Uh, who have you? Give me your, give me your one encounter mm. with a comedian mm. that you hold on to, that acts as a groundbreaking moment for you. Mm. Like, is there has there been a comedian that is giving you some advice or that you've talked to that has said some shit that has stuck with you throughout your career and that you hold on to? Oh man, there's a bunch. Uh, you gotta pick one. Give me. I'll, well, I'll give you. I'll give you a quick story. That's, if it's a two, I'll give you a quick story that stuck with me, and then I'll tell you a different story that stuck with me in a bad way. Well, there. And this wasn't even an encounter I had. It was, but there's that show called like Iconoclast. It was like it was it was Chappelle and Maya Angelou were talking, and Maya Angelou gave Chappelle a piece of advice that I has stuck with me. She didn't say it to me, uh, but it was like if you don't pick up. Like if you don't pick up the positive stuff, affirmation of you, then you don't have to pick up the crit critiques either. Okay. Wow. And I found that to be really amazing. So like That's strong. So if you don't like, if you're not like, if you don't get your head too full of the positive reviews and you don't put too much weight on it, then the negative reviews don't don't hit you that hard either. Cause you just all it is is like, what is my barometer? What is it that I'm doing? I'm not gonna worry about positive or negative what people are saying about me. And I I've I've held on to that. I think that's a really useful piece of advice. And she's one of my favorite stand-ups, my Angela. <laughs> well, um, wait a minute. Nick, but then, I don't think she, she's great. No. I, I do 10 minutes for her stuff. I do no, 10 minutes for poetry. What is poetry? Up the crowd up top. <laughs> I don't think that's stand up. Um, I just play one of her speeches. Um, I play her commencement address. So, um, all right. Uh, here's a story that happened to me early on. And I don't know what the you can tell me what the moral is of it. 
I was doing open mics. This, there was a place in New York in the early 2000s. There was a place called B3. It was just a bar in the East Village Avenue, B and 3rd. Maybe someone dragged you there for when you were doing shows in New York. It was like a you know one of those club sh- bars, basement of a intimate. bar. Real, real intimate. Intimate. Garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garbage. Yeah. garbage. Yeah. Stinky little basement. Yep. And I was there one night. It was an open mic. Um I had just been in another show. There was like five or six people in the crowd and the waitress comes downstairs and is like, oh my God, Bill Murray's upstairs. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling, I had had a good set at the other open mic I had done. So I was feeling a little brash and I go up and I ask Bill Murray, I went up to him. He's sitting there, I think with his son having a drink. He's like, and I was like, would you mind coming down? Maybe I'm a stand up and I'm doing, would you want to come down and watch me perform? Mm. And he was like, he kind of looked at me and was like, uh, and I was like, I'm sorry to bother you. Like, you're, I'm just a huge fan. Like, you know, like you're, a, you know, cause at that point, Bill Murray's like a fucking God to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and so I come downstairs and now I realize I'm, I'm in an open mic at like 11, a, 11 PM on a Tuesday. There's five people in there. Even if I had the best set of my life, I'm going to fucking die. And I'm like, well, he's not going to come down. And then I see these like charcoal pants walking down the stairs, you know, and I'm just like, seeing these, you know, like fucking Ghostbusters and Lost in Translation and the first half of Stripes and Rushmore, you know, and all that. And then he he comes downstairs and he watches me and I get on stage and I've been doing stand-up for like five months and I freeze. I just completely freeze up. Wow. And I have no material. Wow. And I can't my jokes and I'm trying to apologize to him while I'm on stage. You wow. know what I mean? And it goes terribly it goes terribly and he i get off stage and he's standing there and i go thanks for watching he's like yep and he walks back upstairs and i fucking blew it i mean but also i so what do i take from that like i take um i i do look back and i like that i was like willing to take a chance you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like Mm -hmm. it, it didn't work but I was sort of like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be scared to try something. But the other side of that was like, kind of know when you're asking someone for something. Know when you're asking someone for a favor. Know when you're like, I'm asking you to do this thing for me. Like, know when, and also know when you're ready to be seen. Mm. You know what I mean? I would, the biggest thing for me is patience. Yeah. And understanding the importance of patience, right? Because a patient version of yourself, uh, could have gotten the same thing by saying, Mr. Murray, I just came up here to tell you I'm a huge fan and that one day, one day you're gonna see my face again. I'm a comic as well. And you've done so much for me and my career by just inspiring me. Yep. Enjoy your meal. I don't wanna disturb you anymore. I just wanted you to know yep. one day you're gonna see me again. Yeah. Right? Yep. And if he came downstairs or not, you wouldn't have known because you would have just went down and you would have done your open mic night. And of course it's easy to have these answers after the moment is over, Totally. but the five month comedian is extremely ambitious and knows everything. Yeah. The the five month comedian. I mean, Jesus Christ, we, you got all the answers. You're ready for every big opportunity. You're ready (laughs) to be a headliner. You're ready to travel the country. You're ready to go perform in Europe. If they ask you, you can do it all. (laughs) You can go to wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Ber- Berkowitz was, is ready to book us, uh, book some dates in Amsterdam. He's yeah. Ready to we, do let's go. I'll fucking <laughs> destroy it over there. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Well, well you- but that's, but it is that it's that so much of this career for me has been that is like, how do you manage that thing of like, I'll take any opportunity that's presented to me, but also I will be patient enough to take, to do the things when I know I'm ready to do them. You know, like how do you find that balance between like, and I, and I, you know, and it's a, it's a tough thing to find that balance, but that's so much of the career, I think. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's a learning curve that, that is always going to go around. You're, you're, you're going to get more levels of understanding and education as you keep bending this curve for, for me, I remember not that moment, but a moment where I had an opportunity to do a large comedy festival. And I was like, this is it. I got in just for laughs. Mm-hmm. I'm about to blow. This is it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a story that I've told several times. Keith Robinson, a mentor, a friend, mm-hmm. a brother, yeah. was like, you're not ready, stupid. <laughs> you're not ready to go do just for laughs. 
shut up, sit down, <laughs> get funny. What do you mean? I am. And right there, it was a moment of, do I listen to Keith or do I not? And I was, I was smart enough to go, he must be telling me the truth because he's my friend. All right, I'm not going to do it. And I didn't do it. I didn't do the festival. And I waited until I got in on the following year. And I was much better. I was a, a funnier comic. I was more polished. Yeah, you still green. But I went there and I made my presence felt. Whereas if I had rushed it, I could have possibly botched whatever opportunities were there for me just by wanting something too fast. Totally. So in that case, you wanted Bill Murray's approval so fast. Yeah. And it would have, you know, for you, the mental of him going, a oh, very funny, man, very funny, would have been the equivalent of the, the fucking best of the best. Sure. But also like, but then it's like, so then what? You know what I mean? For him to be like, exactly. it's not like Bill Murray's gonna be like, hey, you're yeah. the guy. Like, I've never, like, and I love Bill Murray to this day, but he's not like the guy who's like, uh, let me take you under my wing. Like, Bill Murray's not <laughs> a take not, you under his wing kind of guy. Not That's not guy. his game, you know? So I'm like, even then, like, but you're right, it is, that's, but that's a ballsy thing. But again, that's an inner confidence that you had to be like, yeah, I'll be better in a year, I'll wait. Like, there has to be some level of like, there's a thing that there is a thirstiness that beginner, not even beginners, a lot of people have, which is like, you get grabby because you're like, you're worried it's going to go away or you're never, it's not going to come at you. So like, how do you have enough self-possession to know, like, you know, I'm going to wait. Like I couldn't get into Montreal. I was trying to get into Montreal for years. I couldn't get my fucking act in there. And then, and then it started to happen and then it happened the way it was supposed to, but it took a long time. And, and now, and I mean, I was there, we were there last year. You got, I think you got the, it was the, I'm we got it for big mouth. You got it for like performer of the year, like mm -hmm. icon or crazy. they made up some shit. So you would show up like fly in for the afternoon and fly. Yeah, it was uh, it was the biggest boot to touch the uh, Canadian. Uh, it, was, uh, it was the fitted show within yeah. the uh, yeah fitted the, the uh, let's get Kevin here to to be to give us uh, some uh, clout on Instagram award for best <laughs> comedic powerhouse. <laughs> but isn't that crazy? Do you are you able to take that step back to be like? Fuck, I remember when Keith Robinson told me I wasn't funny enough to be there and I listened to him and now they're trying to figure out how to get you back there for some reason. I, I promise you, I have analyzed all of that stuff several times. Mm -hmm. I, I've also, I've always done a good job at listening to the person that's been there before if that person was willing to talk to me mm. and tell me something about when they were there mm -hmm. i've never i've never felt like i i knew it all or i know it all who's never. the that's, person at this stage who has been the person that you've been listening to at this absolutely like nobody i'm too famous <laughs> nobody can tell me shit. no i'm joking uh no there's still you know i still have great direction you know um information is key. So I surround myself by it. You know, mm -hmm. the, the people that, that I have that are underneath my company's umbrella, I went and sought after it and had to pay a hefty bill for, you know, to get these people as execs, as uh, presidents, senior vice presidents, TV execs, film execs. And as much as I, you know, may know, I love having the minds of people that know things that are different from the things that I know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the the direction and the, the idea sets off a bigger idea. So mm -hmm. I've never been a person to shut that down. I've, I've always welcomed it, which is why on, on the other side, I try to give so much of the information as I possibly can, because that's the one thing that I feel like people are selfish with. You don't yes. want it. Like there's so many, there's so many comics that were selfish with some of the bookings that they got mm -hmm. selfish with the comedy club opportunities or the college opportunities or mm -hmm. the gigs, because they felt like if everybody else gets it, then I'm not going to be able to get it. So there's, there's this like crab in a barrel mentality mm -hmm. that has always existed that never has really had to because ultimately there's enough for us all. Yeah. 
And that's why I want to know who your NACA agent is and how I can get my hands on the baby clothes. That's yes, what I need. Done. This is information that will be given to you whenever, <laughs> whenever you need it, Nick. I promise you that, man. I want to, I want to thank you, dude. I want to thank you for, you know, for coming on. Like I said, this is, this is something that I want to do because I want to give my listeners an opportunity to get into the mind of a comedian, mm -hmm. you know, really understand how we think, how we maneuver, what our life is, uh, what's of importance and of value to us and, and just get to know the individuals more, you know, where, where there's a lot more to us than just the funny. We're, That's we're right. Layered, we're layered individuals. We're layered, totally normal human beings. Absolutely. <laughs> totally, totally normal. All well over six feet individuals. <laughs> you, you, my friend, man, uh, you deserve everything that's coming your way. I've, I've known you and, and seen you just uh, really flourish in this business for quite some time. And it's not an accident, man. So congrats on all your success. And again, thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, you. man. Right back at you, Kevin. I have a tremendous amount of respect for what you've, what you've done and what you're continuing to build. So I'm happy to be here. Appreciate My it. My guy. Also, congrats on the new marriage and good luck with the communication of you getting out the house when you need to, buddy. I uh, can't wait for you to see me and say, Kev, boy, what a shit show it's been. Yeah, man. I, I just, you know, I just haven't been able to really get a handle on that, on that leave thing. That was my second white voice. Did you see it? I gave you another yeah, one. I like that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Crow. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.